When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. I don't know who that unhinged individual was that we just heard talking. I'm not quite sure, but we're going to get her back to reality here in this next hour. It's Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. I'm joking. It was me. Uh, Shake Fournette filling in for Freddie here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. As always, presented by Progressive Insurance, 5 o'clock Eastern. And, and that means it is time for a dear friend to join us for a happy hour. You play to win the game. The doors are open. Don't press in. It's happy hour with her. I got to give it to you guys. The opens on this show, they get the, they get the juices flowing a little bit, don't they? Get everyone hyped. That's right. Her Mad Words joining us here. On Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio to break down everything that we saw yesterday that we're going to see tonight, perhaps. And, um, Coach, I hope you had a good Sunday. I know I got to talk to you for a little while yesterday, so we'll revisit some of those things. Yeah, and, and Shay, you got to realize now, today, you know, it's... uh it, it's time for you to talk to America. You get to talk to America at five o'clock. That's a good thing. Right? Yeah, they, you, know, you can talk to America. I've done enough talking today. I have just heard my unshin self go off about the bears. I, I need to take no, a they're, good they're, break. They're, they're the teddy bears right now. They're going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, they are the teddy bears. Man, I got the cubbies losing oh, eight to ten. I got the teddy bears losing two in a row. Don't get me starting on the baby bulls. I mean, it's all a mess. Anyways, um, okay, let's talk about the Jets and the Cowboys. Let's, let's start here with, with the hits. Let's play the hits. Uh, Harry was talking earlier about the confusion as to why the Jets didn't continue to run the football when that's the way they won the game on Monday night against the Buffalo Bills. Were you confused or were you surprised they didn't opt to do that either against the Cowboys? Well, that was their only chance. Uh, And I don't even know if that gives them a good enough chance the way the Cowboys are playing right now. Uh, I never would think after two games, and this is the National Football League. This is not high school football. This is not college football. This is the National Football League. The, blessed, the best players in the world, the best coaches in the world. These guys have outscored their opponents. They've only given up 10 points in two games. Not preseason. This is real games. And they've scored 70. Well, it, it really – I'm not a math major, but if you only give up five points a game, you got a chance to win a lot of football games last time I checked. Yeah. They are demolishing people right now defensively. And and Dak Prescott is 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 riding in a nice car, and Mike told everyone we're gonna run the ball more, we're gonna play good defense. Everybody was questioning, ah, and I go, eh, not so much. They're playing good defense. They run the ball, not turn the ball over, and they're two and zero. Coach, is that the message though? If you're Mike McCarthy, right, him taking over the play call duties, in which I thought. He had, I think he's done a phenomenal job within the first two games of being ahead of the curve, right? Understanding what possibly could happen and if anticipating basically as a play caller, having plays ready, allowing Dak Prescott to get to the line of scrimmage and have enough time to survey the defense and see what's, what's actually going on. But when you look at McCarthy 
and the balance, is that something that he's going to or already have spoke, spoke to Dak Prescott about and saying, hey, look at our defense and the way we're playing football. I, my job is to put you in the best position possible to have success, not just individually, but as a team, as an offense. Is that, something, is that a conversation you think McCarthy's had with Dak? Well, well, I think when he first took the job, he was having that conversation with him. And, and saying, look, we, we can fix this, and, 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 and we can do what we need to do uh, to get to the championship game. And this is a formula that uh, travels well. Uh, it plays well in playoff games. Uh, when your quarterback is secure enough to understand that, hey, look, I'm going to have to make some plays, but I've got a defense now that is going to give me two extra possessions. Because they take the ball away, too, now. This team takes the ball away a lot. I mean, in the last couple of years, they've had more takeaways than anybody in the league, right? So you're playing with a team now that uh, has a focus about their self. I hear them talking about us all about the business. And guess what? I haven't heard Jerry Jones. Yeah. That's Jerry Jones point. has all of a sudden went silent. That's a good point. Generally, Jerry's the first guy to have the press conference. <laughs> the best thing Jerry can do, stay silent. Just watch your football team play. Just that, leave him alone. Just that's a alone. great po- point, Coach, and one I hadn't thought of. You're right. right. We hear so much of Jerry uh, Jones, and suddenly we don't. Uh, Herm Edwards joining us here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM, Channel 80. Really quick before we move on, because there's a lot to dissect sure. with the Jets and the Cowboys. Let's go back to the Jets, because we have sound from the head coach of the Jets, Robert Sala, on whether Brees Hall should have gotten the ball more, if they should have utilized him in the run game more. Here's Coach Sala. Should he have gotten the ball more, and did you have to talk to him at all? Is he frustrated about it? Shoot, I'm frustrated, but um, but I don't think it had it was intentional. Like I said, I'm frustrated because we didn't get him the ball because they weren't on the field. He was on the bench. It's hard to give the guy the ball when he's on the bench, and uh, and he's on the bench because we couldn't get off the field on defense, and that that's the frustrating part. And by the time we were able to start winning some third down reps, I think we were um, I think we were six of eight on third down in the second half on defense. By the time that started happening, well. The game is over. We got or the game is out of whack. We're we're trying to throw to get uh, catch back up. Okay, okay. So let's leave that there. He basically coaches essentially saying we can all understand that, and whether you're buying it or not, because Harry's face tells me he's not buying what he's selling. But he's essentially saying he didn't feel like the offense was in a rhythm enough to put him out there because they were on the bench so much. Harry, go ahead. You, no, you no. I, I just think like that should have been your philosophy to start the game off. Right. That should be your mindset every time you have the football. That was the best. Like Coach Herm just said, that was the best chance they had to win the football game. So if that's not your mindset going into the game, how are you even giving your chance an opportunity to have a chance? So I don't agree with what he just said. Yeah. As a reminder, Brees Hall only touched the ball four times in this game. Four. And that's that's you know, you and and this is where you as a coach um, and and coach is, is doing a fabulous job. I'm not trying to, you know, second guess what he's doing. Um, but he makes some good points too. Why he couldn't get back to it, but you got to go into the game knowing, hey, look, um, what's the pitch count on my runner? Because I'm gonna lean on my runner, and, and you you need to know that, and, and you got to have somebody telling you that. You know, you, you 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 need that information because then you can tell the coordinator, hey, look, we're getting away from this. We don't need to get. We're only down by ten now. Let's don't let's don't abandon it, right? Because coordinators have a way of ban- uh, abandoning things when they think, oh, it's getting it's getting away from us, coach. Well, no, it ain't getting away from us. Just Stay in there, but the problem is Dallas limited their possessions and the time of possession became a problem. 
because Dallas stayed on the field for long periods of time. And before you know it, you know, generally games are 12 possession games. You get six in the first, six and a half. When that is not the case, you panic as a coordinator. When you're saying, you know what, we only got four possessions in the first half. We might only get three in the second half. So now you say, I only got a seven possession game. And now we're down, you know, what, 10, 12, whatever points. I got to score. So you get out of whack. And that's why the head coach always needs to know, if you have the mindset, I want to run the ball, you got to have somebody always telling you, what's the pitch count of the runner? How many times have we run this thing? I don't want this thing to get away from us. Okay, so let's stay with the Jets. We'll go back to the Cowboys in a minute. Yep. I know we're doing a lot on these two teams, but guys, I think this is important. By the way, Herm Edwards here with us on uh, Freddie and Harry. Shake Cornette filling in for Freddie here on a football Monday. Um, I know it feels like we've gotten away from it because Zach Wilson is the guy for the Jets, but guys, he's only one guy. There's really no backup there. Tim Boyle's not really competitive. And and I've got questions. Let's hear from Robert Sala on what the plan is with the quarterback situation. Do you um, do you guys have any plans to add anyone to the quarterback room this week? Um, that's probably more of a question for Joe, but uh, um, not not. I don't think so. Okay. Now, can I ask – this is for both of you. Help me understand. I don't understand what the Jets are doing. I understand Zach Wilson right now is your best bet because he understands the offense and you took him high in the draft and he's the backup quarterback. Fine. But if, heaven forbid, Zach Wilson gets hurt or, I don't know, has an, a horrendous game where he has like 10 turnovers or something insane and you become desperate, more desperate than you are now, don't you think every single team in the National Football League is going to be like, give me all you got because you have no other options right now under center besides Tim Boyle, who's not really a competitive backup for you. I don't understand why they're wasting so much time. I, I, I don't understand. Anyone, help me. Here, you want to go first? No, go ahead, Coach. Okay, look, I, I, I think behind closed doors, quietly, they're discussing what's the plan going forward if this continues to look the way it looks right now. And, and they know that they're eventually, if it continues to go the way it's gone now, all of a sudden three turnover, four turnovers in, in two games for this young man. Uh, that's kind of looking like it looked last year a little bit. And he can't say it publicly He's not going to tell his players it either because it it, 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 it stirs up the – now the, the media's coming in the locker room. We see what Coach said about – we don't want that. We, we, uh-uh. He's our quarterback. Yeah, but behind, you know, in the building, in the dark, when the players go home, um, look, they're doing their due diligence. Trust me. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I would say from a player's perspective, when you know that you're capable of winning games and – you have an opportunity when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback and now Zach Wilson, he's your quarterback and he goes out and he has the performance that he had versus the Dallas Cowboys, in which a lot of people would probably have at the quarterback position because Dallas is just so elite right. as, a, as a defense. But you, you don't want to get to a point, and Coach understands this because he used to be in that position. You don't want to get to a point where your players are questioning things that you're doing as a head coach by not making moves. Right. They love Zach Wilson. Right. He was a guy who, who's made tremendous strides. But don't for one bit think that those players on defense are saying to themselves today like, damn, I don't know if we really have a chance with Zach being our quarterback. Well, and your window is like today, now, yesterday, like your window to win is right this minute. So this is why I'm confused by the slow. And I know there's not a lot of options out there. I get that. But like 
at least let let your team understand and maybe they are saying this behind closed doors coach is probably right but like that you're exhausting all options because again like the the wasting of the time is giving me anxiety and i'm not <laughs> i'm not even in the situation um okay so uh, so let's move on uh, we talked a lot about it, the jets and 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 the cowboys here on freddie and harry on espn radio coach Herm edwards here with us as well um let's go to the Bengals. oh and two we've seen this story before but now you got joe burrow banged up a little bit and really this kind of is a smooth transition because we saw Aaron Rodgers have a little bit of a calf issue and we know what happened with that now okay you don't want that obviously for Joe Burrow so what what's the what do you do if you're the Bengals right now oh Joe Burrow's not playing for a while I mean, he's not gonna play till he till he gets healthy I'm not even messing around this and this is why we talked earlier before we came on live is that I think if your owners and if you're the National Football League you got to be, be be very careful of uh, going forward. I think, and now this is just me talking. Um, schedule, you know, p- scheduling divisional games early in the season because I do believe this: um, these guys don't play in the preseason. Your team doesn't. So the first three games are like almost preseason games because guys are getting in shape, trying to play the veteran guys, and 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 so you know you lose some division games early, you could be out of it. <laughs> You could be out of it that fast. Like, right? Look, the Bengals lost games last year. They went 0-3, but they weren't division games. Now they, they're 0-2 in, in division games, and they're sitting in a pretty competitive division, and it's like, hmm, this is interesting. And now you're going to probably have to sit your quarterback for you know a week or two. And, and so what does this look like? I'm not panicking about the Bengals. I'm a little concerned, though, to be quite honest. And, I, and I'll tell you, Coach, from a player's perspective, I used to love – now, not having two and three division games within the first six or seven weeks, I wasn't a fan of that. But when we used to play like New Orleans mm-hmm. to start off our season, which was a rivalry game for us, it just put that much more emphasis on the room of – the margin of uh, error that you had when preparing for a game like that, right? Also, it, it took things to another level – when you knew you were going to play the New Orleans Saints if you were on the Atlanta Falcons or if you were on the Saints and you were playing the Falcons. So it just made things that much more better from a rivalry standpoint. Now, I will say this because I looked at Cincinnati's schedule last year. They started 0-3 in the division. And they had Pittsburgh week one, in which that's when I think they gave up, I think, five or plus turnovers. Got sacked seven times, Joe Burrow. Yeah. They lost week five to the Baltimore Ravens, too. And I think in week eight, they played Cleveland. So they started 0-3 in their division a season ago. But we're talking about three division games within the first eight weeks. Now, I do believe that's insane. That's yeah. insane to me. See, they, they've had back-to-back. Yeah. And then that's what, that's what kind of sets me for, like, really? Back-to-back division games? Really? I, I, I think you got to spread them out. It, it makes it more competitive. It really yep. does in the long run. It, it, and it makes your fan base get more excited as well. Because, you know, fans are smart, too. They understand the division. I mean, and Harry, look, you play in the league. The thing you always do when the season starts, in the offseason, you're always trying to bring players in either through free agency or draft to play within your division. It's always about can we win our division. And players understand that. And that's why you said those games are important. They're like a game and a half when you win one, Right. And, 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 and I think if you start early in the season when basically there's sloppy football, this is hard to watch at times. 
when you watch some of these offenses struggle. Right? Coach, did you did you see the Chiefs in the in the yeah, Jags, Jags game yesterday? Yeah. The, the way that game started, it's just it's just it just it, it, why they don't play. Yep, you're a professional football player, and you actually in the preseason get to wear your baseball hat if you're a starter. We're not hum babies. You're a football player. You need to go get reps. I'm not saying they have to play every game. I'm saying this: if you're, this is what I used to do. There, there's a there's a uh, a pitch count for players. Let's say you're a certain player. You've been in the league five years. I say I walk up to him and say, preseason, you're gonna play seventy plays in four preseason games, seventy live plays. Made sure that all the starters by the third preseason game, they win it at halftime, even if they didn't play the first half, or they played the second quarter toward the end, and then came out at halftime and played in the third quarter. So they would feel what it feels like to get ready to play in a real game, because that's what you do. And prepare your team to play in the regular season. Well, some of these guys, they don't play. They just sit there. And you go, well, you know, and I get it. You're trying to protect your players. Yeah, well, Aaron Rodgers got hurt the fourth game, fourth play of the game. And, and players get hurt. And, and I get that part. But they have to be ready to play. They don't have the stamina to play 60 or 70 plays. The ball is all over the place. The timing of things, I get it. And you say, well, these practices where they play against each other, that's great. But you know what they do in those practices? What's the thing they don't allow? Don't hit the quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's for the quarterback, it's like, it's like practicing again. I don't, everybody else is going hard, but don't hit the quarterback. You got to get used to that. Yeah. I used to hear coaches say that you want your players to be calloused a little bit before the start of the season. And obviously you're not getting that if you're playing in the preseason. And I do that. can't, uh, Coach, I think you were on with me yesterday during the Kansas City Jacksonville game when we were talking about just how sloppy that first half was. I mean, Jacksonville didn't even score a touchdown. They kicked three field goals in that game and we didn't see much of anything. And Kansas City was asleep, it felt like the first half. Coach Herm Edwards here with us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series, XM Channel 80, Shea Cornette filling in for Freddie. Um, all right, let's move to Monday night, what we're going to see tonight. we got a doubleheader, Mm-mm. Monday night football, really excited. Saints, Panthers will kick things off, um, and then Brown Steelers are going to follow it up. Let's jump right at, right to that AFC North um, d- uh, division matchup here between the Browns and the Steelers. Browns beat the Bengals in week one. They looked pretty good. The Steelers got dismantled by the 49ers. Do you expect them to look different and a little more put together tonight against the Browns, Coach? Absolutely. I, I, I was shocked the first game they played against San Francisco. And San Francisco was a dominant football team, but I, but I never imagined that they could go into to Pittsburgh and beat that team the way that, that they did. Uh, this is a Mike Tomlin coach football team. He's been there a long time. Excellent football coach. Hall of Fame football coach. I, I can't recall the last time he went 0-2. This is an important game. And here again, guess what? It's a division game. You know, and it's early. And you're playing the Cleveland Browns, and they, you know, I get it. And and so I, I think they will f- they will play much better. Um, they need to kind of win this game. They don't want to go zero and two, you know, because it just it doesn't feel right. The Pittsburgh Steelers going zero and two, really? <sighs> yeah, I got to ask you about uh, the other side in Cleveland. Mm, oh yeah. You look at Jim Schwartz and what mm-hmm. he was able to do to Cincinnati, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know moving. Miles Garrett around and playing man coverage on third downs on the back end when you're going against a Jamar Chase, a T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd and saying that you basically don't care that you believe in your guys. What has Jim Swartz, in your opinion, provided to this Cleveland defense? Well, aggressive. He's aggressive. He, he's the one thing he's going to do. When you walk into the stadium, he's hitting the quarterback. In, in the pregame warm-up, he's hitting the quarterback. He, he, he's going to storm your castle. He, he's, he's coming after you. 
And he's going to tell his guys, hey, guys, we don't have to cover him long because I'm going I'm to scheme it enough where we're going to get some one-on-ones and somebody's got to hit the quarterback. You don't have to sack him a lot. Just keep hitting him and see what happens. And those players are buying into that, right? And you saw that. And, and plus, you know, Burroughs was wounded. He couldn't get out of the way. He is, you know, he was, he was, he's not 100%, guys. And, and it looked like that. And, and Harry, you know, and you know, you played in the league a long time. When that quarterback can't step up in that pocket and throw the ball, oh, boy, oh, it's not a lot of fun now. You know, and, and when they storm the castle and they start hitting that guy, the whole team feels it. You sit on the sideline, you're going, oh, boy, this is going to be, this is going to be hard now. You know, and the quarterback saying, I'm all right, coach, I'm all right. Yeah, well, three series in a row, they're hitting him. They're picking him up. One of them offensive linemen is picking him up. And that one guy, Miles Garrett, uh, but what now? You, you better you better figure out where he lines up, right? I mean, it's just it's hard. This this is a hard league, man. And and one and once they could storm your castle, you got problems. Coach, it's funny you brought that up because it made me think about a specific game, 2011, in the playoffs against the Giants. Playing with the Atlanta Falcons, we went up there. That's when they had Osea Miura. They had mm-hmm. Justin Tuck, Chris Canty, uh, JPP. Oh, boy. And, man, they were teeing off on, on my quarterback, Matt Ryan, to the yep. point where Matt came to the sideline and started telling our receivers, hey, man, do not go the full depth on your route. Cut your route short because they're getting home. Yeah. But the look, but the look, I, I know exactly what you're talking oh, about, Coach. It's a hard look, man. You know, and the quarterback's trying to stay strong and, you know, and be confident. But he's like, he's, hit, he's the one getting hit. Yeah. Right? All right, Coach, uh, we'll let you get on. We know we got a doubleheader in Monday Night Football tonight. There's a lot to talk about and a lot to say and a lot to see really here still left in week two. We appreciate you as always. Looking forward to tonight, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Be well, Shay. You're doing great. Thanks, buddy. And I get like four hours of you on Sunday. We get to do this thing all day on Sunday on game day. Looking forward to that. All right, Coach, see you later. That's Coach Herm Edwards joining us here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series XM Channel 80. Coming up next on this program, Harry, he's going to dig into the old toolbox, and he's going to find a way to fix these 0-2 teams. That's next on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're going to ask Harry Douglas, how are you going to fix it? How are you going to fix these 0-2 teams in the National Football League? It's Freddie and Harry here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series XM Channel 80. If you don't know who that is, Danity Kane used to hit so hard back in the day. These were like my college years, Harry. Loved it. So now you're going to channel your inner Danity Kane. Is that hopefully you're not going to break these teams up the way they broke up? How are you going to fix it? I- I'm going to skip over my Bears because I just I need a break. No, uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> please. No, all right, fine. All right, fine. No, no, the, no. The the O and two Bears. How are you going to fix it, Harry? How are you going to th- fix it? I think for me, Shay, there's this uh, this saying called love language. They have to figure out the love language between Justin Fields and what he can do well and also Luke Getzey and what he likes to do well. And I would say they got to dig deep down inside and have this conversation with Justin Fields um, and be honest with him too. If you see he's doing something that, you know, is – not helping the team win, you can't be scared to let him know. But I think finding that happy medium so he can be in the best situations possible. I know there's also plays out there where he's holding the football too long, but you got to just drill it home and let him know, hey, you can't do this. This is hurting our football team. All right, so you're putting it mostly on the offensive coordinator and on and on Justin Fields. Okay, so that's yeah. how we fix it. All right, let's go to the Bengals. 0-2, how are you going to fix it? Number one, protect Joe Burrow. The offensive line, they invested heavily into this offense, so figure out how that can get done. Be more creative from an offensive standpoint. I understand you have T. Higgins, you have Jamar Chase, you have Tyler Boyd, and for the the last two years, those guys have just been able to line up. But find dynamic, creative ways like we see Mike McDaniel does with the Miami Dolphins and those receivers. Also, the way Sean McVay and Cooper Cup have been able to do things and moving him around and putting him in motion – some, some, some things along the lines like that. And then also when you have your opportunities, you got to capitalize on them. You can't miss your opportunities. Let's move on to the Broncos now. Uh, they, they do look more competitive than they did they a year ago, but still 0-2. And it's those th- the last few seconds of these games, they can't get over the hump. How you fix it? That's the thing. Close games, you got to be able to win. Also, you got to be better in the red zone in these close games. Not per se overall, but when you get to the end of football games and you're down there, you have to capitalize with touchdowns. You can't think you can just kick field goals and win ball games. That wasn't good for you last year. And the Denver Broncos lost a lot of close games in 2022, as bad as they were. But try to figure out how you can win those games in 2023. I mean, you didn't pay Russell Wilson millions and millions of dollars to kick field goals, people. Like, let's just call this what this is. Uh, The Cardinals. Now, this one's a little hard because it's easy. It's easy. I I mean, you put you you have Josh Jobs as your quarterback, who 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 I think has played his guts out. Like this dude has played. Like Kyler Murray doesn't exist, and I I appreciate that a lot. But like, it's a little hard considering the Cardinals don't have what you would. I mean, they don't have Buda Baker. They don't have a lot of their really good players right now. Well, that's why it's easy. The 2024 draft, you draft Caleb Williams. <laughs> That's, look, you draft Caleb Williams when you had the opportunity to do it. And we also know the Cardinals own the Houston Texans first-round draft pick as well. So you may have an opportunity to, to get whoever you want and plus someone else. All right. So you, move, you look ahead to the draft and forget what even oh, happens this oh, year, even though you are staying competitive in some of these games. Go to the Chargers. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what you do here, Harry, but I told you earlier, these Chargers are making some kind of history note here that we never have. 
Uh, first team in NFL history to score 50 or more points, no turnovers, and they, yet they have no wins this season. How do you fix it? I'm going to go to the defensive side of, the th- of things. Uh, you look at a defense that has a lot of people that is getting paid to be dominant on the football field, but we continuously see this defense not be that. Also, you pay Justin Herbert a hefty amount of money. Now it has, it has to get to a point that he is the reason why, and it can overcome anything that might go wrong. I said it about Jalen Hurts now because of his contract. We see that from Patrick Mahomes. We've seen that from Joe Burrow in the past. We've seen that from Lamar Jackson. So for Justin Herbert, you have to overcome no matter what the circumstances are. That's the way you're getting compensated. Yep, true. Uh, Patriots, 0-2. We've hung our hat on the Patriots' defense, yet it hasn't resulted in wins. So how do the Patriots now change this? How do you fix it, 0-2 or the Patriots? Well, I'll say take care of the football. I think they had a costly fumble last night. Uh, Mr. Douglas, no relation. That's not my cousin, but I need to look <laughs> and actually see. Go to the Ancestry.com and figure it out if we are cousins. He had a bad turnover last night. We've seen him in, in the first week versus the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Ezekiel Elliott and also Mac Jones. So when you're already not the best athletically, you can't give your opponent you know, layups and turn the football over and give them more opportunities to, to have to beat you. Um, all right, let's move on to the Houston Texans here. They have lost two in a row, so they're 0-2. How are we going to fix it? Because they go on the road to Jacksonville next, and then they're home against the Steelers. And they've taken some bad L's, 25-9 in week one, 31-20. Like, these aren't close games. How do you fix it with the Texans? Well, this is a tough one, too, because they have offensive linemen that are hurt. Um, protect the quarterback better. C.J. Stroud in the first, in week one was sacked five times. C.J. Stroud last week versus the Indianapolis Colts was sacked six times. That's 11 times in the first two weeks of the football season. And we're talking about a guy who has that athleticism to get away from pressure, but he has been sacked 11 times. So the offensive linemen need to step up their play. The Vikings, uh, we saw on Thursday Night Football, I don't know that the 34-28 final score really depicts how poorly they lost to the Eagles, but nonetheless, and the Eagles were shaky in that game too, nonetheless, 0-2 are the Vikings, team that won the NFC North a year ago. How do you fix it? So, Shay, every head coach and an offensive coordinator get up and do their must for the week. And the first one, typically on the offensive side of the ball, is protect the football, take care of the football. When I look at the Minnesota Vikings in week one, who had three turnovers, when I look at the Minnesota Vikings in week two, who had four turnovers, that's seven turnovers in seven games. And both of those games, the Minnesota Vikings had an opportunity to win. So if you protect the football, you're probably sitting at 2-0 and and not 0-2. Okay, uh, by the way, Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins is going to join us here on this show on ESPN Radio here, Freddie and Harry, at 6 o'clock Eastern today, like in 20 minutes. So stick around. Maybe we can ask him how we fix this. Actually, we will ask him. How do you fix the 0-2 start for the Minnesota Vikings? Because, of course, as it always, doesn't get easier in the National Football League for the Minnesota Vikings. So should Vikings. I ask him about the chains? And has, does he have his own custom chain? Yeah, of course you should. Yeah, I don't think I, I'm I, does it does it feel like I'm going too far back in the archive if I ask him about the mystery meat he was grilling? Do you remember that picture of Kirk Cousins grilling and his meat on the grill was like gray? And I was like, what what is that? I, I, maybe I'll ask him. Do you typically grill gray meat, or should I ask him? Does he switch over? <laughs> <laughs> do you actually buy red meat or like chicken, <laughs> like white meat, or do you just grill mystery gray uh, meat? Ask him. Does he put seasoning on his food? I should. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. You dress, you dress a little bit like a banker. Do you cook like one too? No, that's not nice. That's not nice. I'm not gonna do that. I know NFC North jokes. Don't let me be mean. I can't be mean. That's not nice of me. Uh, but yes, uh, Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins is gonna join us today, 6 p.m. Eastern, right here again on this show, Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, 6M Channel 80. Um, and so we are looking forward to that. All right, coming up here on this show, the Chiefs did win. But Harry is going to explain why the Jags absolutely blew it and looked extremely sloppy. We'll talk about that next. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Mahomes rolls to his right side. Now throws it for Kelsey. Wide open in the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Wide open touch. Sky Moore 40. Sky Moore 30. One man to beat. 15-yard line. Tackle down at the Jacksonville 12-yard line. Happy birthday, Patrick Mahomes. We know the offense is going to get going. They had a few errors, but as long as we continue to do what we do on defense, our offense is going to get going and going to score some points. I mean, you know what I was hoping for, Harry Douglas. I was hoping for Travis Kelsey finds a blank space and into the end zone. We can't have, <laughs> can't have everything. Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Shay Cornett, Harry Douglas here with you. As always, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. And uh, we're talking about the Chiefs and the Jags. It was a sloppy game in the first half. Then Chiefs kind of overcame some things in the second half, and they, they beat the Jags 17-9. to And um, I was on the radio during this game, Harry, and I, we threw or we talked to Jeff Darlington, who was actually at the game at halftime, and we're like, what is going on? It's the Chiefs in the Jags, and at that point, I don't remember what the score was, but it was, I don't even know if there was a touchdown. Maybe Patrick Mahomes had seen the end zone one time. It was like 7-3 to three or something, 7-6. to six. And I'm like, this is, I think, that was like the headline game for that, that 1 o'clock Eastern slate, and there was just not a lot of offense. I, I'm saying all that to say this. I think it was very unexpected for both these teams to look this way, but it, it's not for lack of trying. I think it's for lack of maybe doing too much. What do you? What was the? Why such a low scoring affair between the Chiefs and the Jags on Sunday? So, so Shay, I watched this game this morning twice. And the first thing <laughs> I said, crazy. Do you hear that? He was like, "That's not normal. <laughs> That's not normal." It just came out of your mouth. But go but, on. But it. it was one of the most sloppiest games to start out that I've ever seen, I think, in my life. From the penalties to the drop balls to the missed opportunities, it was just it was just unbelievable from two teams. And one of those teams winning the Super Bowl a year ago and the Jacksonville Jaguars losing to the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs last year. So it was just from that standpoint, it was bad to see. Um, but there were some good. But when it came to the Jacksonville Jaguars, for me, it was the missed opportunities and the things that they did not capitalize on. That was the story when it came to this team a year ago in both games that they played against the Kansas City Chiefs. And it all started on the first drive, right? They had a second and six on the first drives at the Chiefs at the Chiefs 46 yard line. And you have Trevor Lawrence throwing to Calvin Ridley and they couldn't connect. It was a ball that I thought Calvin should have caught. Yeah. On the very I next play. I this play. The yeah. very next play on third and six. Yep. That's when Trevor Lawrence got sacked. Well, Travis Etienne is right on a swing pass from the backfield, wide open. And literally, if Trevor Lawrence just throws in the football, they pick up the first down and they're they're moving forward in the first drive. Who knows? It probably ends in a field goal, probably ends in a touchdown. It becomes successful. Another thing that bothered me about Jacksonville, they were able to create three turnovers from the Kansas City Chiefs. That resulted in three points. Now, if you're going to get turnovers against Kansas City and you can't turn those turnovers into touchdowns and more points than three, then you're definitely not going to win that football game. 
Now let's get to Doug Peterson. There was a fourth and five decision to go for it that gave the Chiefs the opportunity to get the ball basically at midfield that they did not capitalize on. Okay, but hold on. I will say, that is Doug Peterson's DNA. He's going to go for it. He's he's risky like that. That's what we've known about him. We understand that's what he likes to do. So I actually didn't discredit him for doing that because I thought that was the right decision because that's what he that's, – that's, that's his identity. But, but, but let me tell you why I didn't like it, though. Because now you're giving – Patrick Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in the National Football League, the ball at midfield. Yeah, but so, then you're not saying true to yourself if you do other things. Well, I understand that, but also you better read the room, too. You better read the room. <laughs> Fair. Because I think I thought the Jacksonville defense played well, but still I'm not giving Patrick Mahomes the ball at midfield. Uh, Bill O'Brien probably learned that because he just in a playoff yeah. game a oh, few yes, years ago, like he made some questionable decisions Tex- and that led Texans. to the comeback yep. for the Houston Texans. So, it was that, and then you got to the second half, and they had a great opportunity. Third and 10, Trevor Lawrence found Kristen Kirk, right? But Kristen Kirk drops the ball on third and 10. And then they have a first and goal situation, and they got to settle for a f- first and goal at the one-yard line. And you have to settle for a field goal. So all of those missed opportunities that I just mentioned for Jacksonville, I know they're watching that film today, hitting themselves upside the head, saying, man, we really let another one get away playing Kansas City. It's true. Um, so Jacksonville sits at one and one. I, I Truthfully, I just I didn't think Trevor Lawrence was as good as he can be in this game. I, I did not think that he saw the field as well as I thought he can. I, I just did not think that they looked – I don't think – okay. First of all, I think Kansas City is better than 17 points in any given game against anybody, and I don't think Jacksonville looked as bad as nine. I mean, I think Jacksonville looked as bad as nine points. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they're better than that. Not finding the end zone, there's no excuse for that. Like, like what you just alluded to and the fact that you're at the one-yard line on first and goal and you can't find a way to punch it into the end zone, shame on you. You've got too many playmakers and too smart of a quarterback and too smart of a head coach to have that situation ever, ever happen. Three field goals in a game where you had multiple turnovers is inexcusable, and and to me, and this goes back to what Herm was saying, like maybe it's not playing in the preseason. I don't know what it is, but like this was inexcusable from two very talented teams. Let's talk. Let's hear from Patrick Mahomes on the defense and having Chris Jones back and the impact he made. Yeah, I mean, defense was incredible. I mean, that's a good offense, a really good offense. Um, and for them to to shut them down, I think they were like zero for four in the red zone. Some couple critical stops after we turned the ball over. Um, and then when they got critical stops, we went three and out a couple times, and they, they kept holding them to field goals and holding them. Um, I mean, that, that, that win is on is the defense won that game. And so we have to continue to get better as an offense, which I think we will. Um, but if that defense plays like that, I mean, we're going to be a hard team to beat. That's that special. And to answer your second question, I mean, Chris, I mean, crazy. I mean, just to be able to make that impact on a game after not being in training camp, and you can work out as much as you want off the field. I mean, I, I know this, but to be able to come to Jacksonville where it's hot, humid, and just dominate against a great team, I mean, it's, it's special. It's, it truly is special. I'm glad he's on my team. Let me correct him. Uh, Trevor Lawrence in the red zone was 0 for 7 passing, and so that's the effect Chris Jones and this defense had on him. On the other side, Trevor Lawrence, bad. We were talking earlier about teams that that can't get out of their own way and how the Dallas Cowboys no longer fit that bill because they're playing good football. Trevor Lawrence makes a point here about the Jags, how they kind of can't get out of their own way, and this is part of the problem. Here's the quarterback of the Jaguars. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of different things that are contributing to us not being good on third down we're just not executing really at every position at different times you know whether it's the um the throw at times the protection a drop whatever it is we're all just having you know some mistakes in critical situations and we just got to play better we got to 
you make the plays for one another at times. You know, we got to make it easier on each other. And I think right now we just had some, you know, obviously some issues. And whether it's communication or what, we got to we got to look and we got to we got to fix it. You know, we didn't play well at all situationally, third down or red zone today. Yeah, I'm glad he, I'm, yeah, yeah, no, he's 100% right. He's telling the truth. In third downs, they were three for 12, right? 0 for 3 when it came to the red zone. But it was a missed throw here, a drop by this receiver or that receiver. Also, uh, a miss in protection. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs and their defense, they were able to get four sacks. And I think when you look at the Kansas City defense as a whole in their first two games, they have been the bright spot for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, uh, I think moving forward, if, if their offense can get things going, and I also didn't think Travis Kelsey looked like himself. He had a drop touchdown um, that bo- really bothered me because I, I just don't never see him in that light. But it was his first game back coming off that injury in which he w- missed uh, week one. Both teams have kind of get-right games. I hate to use that, but it's kind of true. Both of them have that next week. The Chiefs are at home against Chicago, and then the Jaguars are also oh. at home against uh, Houston. Oh, what? The Chiefs play who? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> He's just getting, trying to get a rise. I'm telling you, it's bad news bears. The bad news bears. The bad news bears. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 the sounder that is accurately describing my my team. So both these teams, the Jags and the Chiefs, have get right games, and hopefully they can get right to move forward. So both of them sit at one and one on the season. Kansas City, you expect their offense and defense to get better. You expect Travis Kelsey obviously to figure things out, and for Trevor Lawrence, really, he can only go up considering he didn't have a touchdown pass. Stop laughing. Everybody can't have their teams be two and zero. Oh. Shout out to my Falcons, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a sound? Caca for the. Fa- I mean, is there a sound? Oh, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> we have a special guest coming up next. You don't want to miss it. Stick here. It's Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel eighty. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.